Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. We're still in our series, Don't Come Down. For those who join us for the first time, that series, Don't Come Down, is thematic from the book of Nehemiah. While I'm not preaching on the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah said something in chapter 6 when the enemy wanted him to stop building. Nehemiah said, I refuse to come down and stop the good work that God is doing. Somebody declare, I am a good work. And if you recognize you are a good work, you will stay in flow of what God is doing in your life. Although things come to pull away from your momentum, try to pull away from the goodness that God has in your life, you got to be like Nehemiah and say, I won't come down to stop the good work. And that, that, that verse and that statement of Nehemiah has carried us through some things this morning. And I want to use that same thing, don't come down, to even use it for Palm Sunday. And I want to preach from some verses that we may have been accustomed to, but I want to tie it in to don't come down and skillfully make it a Palm Sunday message. All right, even as uh, we're getting going, I want you to grab your Bibles. Let's go to John the 12th chapter. I'm just going to focus on uh, to do the time, uh, verses 1 through 6. John 12, verses 1 through 6, 1 through 6. We'll read that so we can have a good frame of reference of these verses that will help us understand the message. And I'll tell you the message in just one second. And it reads, verse 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with them. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of sprinkled, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. I want to preach a few minutes from the theme, the cost to be merry. The cost to be merry. The cost to be merry. Um, as I get into this message, I need to have this ability uh, to go back and forth between stories. I need to be able to pr uh, parallel from John 12 what's going to happen in the, for, in the, in the um, um, preceding scriptures. There's some preceding things that's going to happen. And there is a previous story that I have to somehow tie in to John 12, 1 through 6. And so I'm going to be preaching between two biblical events. So please pray for me because I'm in the middle this morning. I'm in and somebody say, I got it. <laughs> Thank you. I, somebody say, come on and pray for me. I'm in the middle of two stories, but I got to tie it in so you can see the importance of this message. As I often do, I need to be able to stretch you all this morning with these biblical concepts, narratives, and prophetic themes. I'll be honest with you, I'm not interested, never have I been, interested in short messages or long messages. Not really. I just want to preach to the point that I hit God's target. 
I've learned during these seasons, even as I preach this message, I've learned that God wants me to be more than inspirational. I've been talking about that for a season. If you've been following us, you know what I'm talking about. Inspiration is good, but God needs us to have something beyond inspiration. Because there'll be some times that you are not inspired. And if you are not inspired and inspiration is the only thing that moves you, there'll be times you're not inspired and because of it, you will not move. But God needs us to be, have the ability to move regardless if we are inspired or not. So I must stretch you beyond just pure inspiration because inspiration alone will not get you there. There's going to be times in our lives where the very act of obedience, again, will not be inspirational. It was not inspirational for Abraham to take his son Isaac and go to the mountain to offer him as a sacrifice. And so I got to get us beyond inspiration. Tell someone I'm going beyond inspiration today. Oh, you got to go beyond inspiration. There'll be times, well, acting in obedience is going to be gritty. It's going to be tough. And it's going to be costly. Today on Palm Sunday, which is also called Passion Sunday, marks the week that leads us through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We commemorate his suffering and his death this week. Because of what happened the week prior to uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection. Palm Sunday also brings to mind when they begin to celebrate Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. We know it. That's when the children cut off palm branches. And they begin to pave the way for Jesus. He could not enter in Jerusalem quiet. God wanted everybody to know that this is Jesus the Messiah. And who better than to praise Jesus than the Messiah than some children? Because children are not like adults. Adults get tied up and who loves them and who cares for them? Children can be innocent and just say all types of things. And on this great day, children begin to cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's the creativity of a child that says, I'm going to take a palm branch and I'm going to find a way to wave him in as he comes in. Nobody tells a child that. It's the imagination of being, create, being creative. And the children begin to praise him into Jerusalem. As a result of his triumphant entry, many people think that Jesus is a celebrity. They treat him like a celebrity. Uh, the people and the Jews of that time is hoping that this Messiah will be their new king. They're hoping that he will come and free them and get them from under the Roman rule. Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead. They see how powerful he is and they just are excited, hoping that this will be the king that they're looking for in the Roman government. But Jesus is more than that. Tell somebody he's more than that. We really can see it in John 12. John 12 helps us to see it. Because six days before this Passover, which is a festival of the sacrificial lamb, which is prophetic and metaphoric to what Jesus came to be for us, the Passover. Jesus decides to go to Bethany, where Lazarus resides. And he has a meal with them, with him and his two sisters. And Lazarus in this scene, we see, go from the grave to the table. He is the product 
of a miracle worker. He goes from the grave to the table. The last time Jesus came to Bethany, Jesus had to go to the grave and get Lazarus and resurrect Lazarus from the dead. But now Jesus revisits Bethany and he's not uh, at the grave, but now Lazarus is at the table. Jesus has changed the scenery of Lazarus' life. Lazarus able to dialogue and communicate with Jesus at the table. That's what the Bible says. But it also lets us know um, Lazarus at the table, but Martha is doing what she does. Martha is serving. She's serving. She is the woman of hospitality. She's the one gifted with administration. She's serving. And so she's serving a meal. And there is Mary. The Bible says that Mary is worshiping. It said Mary took a pound of spinkered. She took out this pound of uh, a pound of this ointment. It was very costly. And she anointed the feet of Jesus. So now we know where Mary is. We know where Lazarus is. Tell somebody where Lazarus is. He at the table. We know where Martha is. Where's Martha? She's serving the meal. But where is Mary? Mary is worshiping. As Mary worships, I want you to understand that I don't know if Jesus sent an invitation to them prior to coming to let them know he would be in town. I'm not sure Jesus sent an invitation to say, uh, Lazarus, uh, Mary, Martha, I'll be passing through Bethany because the Passover is coming and I'll be coming to your house. Most likely, Jesus did not send an invitation prior to arriving. Why? Because we see a few chapters back um, that when they did call for Jesus, I want to remind you, they, they had called for Jesus before. Lazarus was sick and was about to die and they sent message to Jesus that Jesus... We want you to know the brother who you love and the people who you love, Lazarus is sick and about to die. They put out a call for Jesus to come. And when they put out a call for Jesus to come, I want you to know that Jesus decided to take three extra days while Lazarus was sick. He was not even far away. I want you to think that it took him three days to get there because he was so far away. Jesus decided that he was Lord enough to be late. He decided that he didn't have to come when they wanted him. He decided he didn't have to come when they prayed and sent a prayer request. He decided that he was Lord enough to be late. And so he delayed coming to them although they had requested for him. He decided to get there. When he got there, Lazarus was already dead. So it makes me think in this chapter, Jesus did not send out an invitation. He just showed up. And I feel like that's what Jesus first wants to teach us. That we should be just excited for him when he comes. Even when he comes when we don't expect him to come. Here they were doing their normal thing of the day and not, 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 it's Jesus. Now in today's time, we would consider a person coming to our house without an invitation or without any notice to be rude. That's right. You ought to call somebody before you show up to the house. Some people move far away out to the city so they just know you weren't just round about the city just an hour just in the No, you weren't in no neighborhood. I stay too far out in the woods. If you, if you come to my house, you plan to be at my house. You had to pack a lunch. You had to fill up your gas tank to come to my house. You just went round the neighborhood, you see. 
and it, this is not the case here Jesus doesn't give them an invitation but he just shows up and when he shows up what happens Martha starts serving what happens Lazarus gets to the table what happens Martha begins to worship what I'm trying to say is we got to have a place in our lives where we prioritize submission where we recognize somebody is greater than everybody and when they ever they decide to show up we can shift everything for them he's not like my mother he's not like my father he's not like my best friend I respect my boss but there has to be somebody by the name of Jesus who is Lord over everything and even if he comes late or unannounced you got to have an expectation that says I'm glad that you're here I'm glad that you showed up I'm glad that you came to my house I think we are losing the priority of submission where Jesus is now Lord uh, and he gets the respect for being Lord y'all you don't understand what I'm saying because the last time he showed up late um, Mary had an attitude oh Mary had an attitude when Lazarus would die, would die he, oh, he had a, she had an attitude the Bible says as Jesus finally came into Bethany and he got close to him Martha ran to see Jesus now what is Martha doing to run G to run to see Jesus Martha is the hospitality person Martha is the one who cooks Martha is the one of administration but the Bible says that Mary stayed still at the house there are times when we feel like God ain't answered our prayers we get attitudes when God had him and sent us a spouse when we wanted him to we get an attitude when God ain't given us a promotion because we don't work hard we get an attitude and many times God tests us what we really have in our spirit based on when he's when he's late when he don't show up after we prayed when he doesn't show up after we give an offering that's why I don't like to give these offerings all the time talking about when you give today God gonna show up tomorrow cuz I'll tell you you live long enough you will give today and he won't show up to two years later if you live long enough you will pray and go on a fast tonight and he still won't show up to six months you will live long enough and you will learn that you can't do good and manipulate God you gonna have to learn to do good whether he bless you or not whether he come tomorrow or not and Jesus tests the worship of Mary by coming late and when he comes late she got an attitude she don't come out to greet him Martha only goes because Mary don't come Mary said I ain't coming I worshiped him I took and this ain't the first time that Mary took out her alabaster box remember the first time she had alabaster this is the, the, the ointment of spinkered so now don't play with Mary Mary got a worship that a church that Mary got a combo worship Mary got a package of worship that y'all know what I'm talking about and this chapter is spinkered but before this it was alabaster and Mary is saying the last time I worship you with alabaster I came into Simon Peter's house and when I came there everybody was at the table ah God help me and everybody at the table thought they was equal to you but they don't understand they was invited to the table 
they didn't create the platform they was invited to the platform and because they was at the table they thought they was equal with Jesus but not me not me Mary says I walked in there as a prostitute as somebody despised in the city and I took out my alabaster box and I broke it open in front of everybody but in this case Mary ain't broke out no alabaster box Jesus comes late and she has an attitude Jesus doesn't show up on time. Jesus hadn't put her life together like she want him to. I'm trying to tell you there'll be times in your life that you're going to have to praise God when he don't answer your prayers. I'm trying to build somebody who will understand you're going to have to learn to thank him when everything is breaking loose and going chaotic in your life. And this is the time that Mary has to learn to check her attitude. She's upset that Jesus is late. She's upset and there are too many Christians having temper tantrums because that God didn't do what they wanted them to do. But we got to start doing like Daniel and the three Hebrew boys in the midst of the lion's den. And come on, we got to be able to say, if he does not save us, yet is he able. If he don't bring me out of this, it don't change his power. Yet, we try to use praise and worship as a manipulative force for God to do everything in our lives. We try to use praise and worship as an agent of change. Come on, that's why I say I got to be careful when I, even as a minister of grace, I try not to tell everybody in the midst of the worship that when you turn around three times, high five your neighbor, do a somersault in a cartwheel in the midst of the sanctuary, and go home, everything going to be right. But how many know after you praise God, you got to go home and work? How many tell you after you praise God you got to still go home and fast how many know after you praise God you still got to go home and wait on the Lord and be of good courage and Jesus shows up late to see if he still has a worshiper who will worship him when he shows up late and unannounced here is Mary in this chapter Jesus shows up again unannounced and he want to know is he still Lord when he's unannounced when he shifts your life some of us are so stuck and so stubborn God can't change us and he hardly can change things because when he comes unannounced we are talking about what we can't do we too busy talking about what we can't do what we can't do what we can't do no not Mary Mary shows us how to behave she takes this ointment and she breaks it open and she don't say I don't have a towel she said, I don't have a towel. She doesn't say, she doesn't say, I wasn't expecting you to be here. She just say, she said, I'm not going to focus on what I don't have. I'm trying to talk to some of y'all on the cost to be merry. You want to know how to be merry? I'm going to help you today how to be merry. You want to know how to be, I'm going to help you. She says, I don't start talking about what I don't have. Some of y'all can't be merry because you always telling somebody what you don't have. You're too sad because of what you don't have. You're sad about this. You're sad about that every time we look at you you're always giving us a story about what you don't have and see mary don't do that mary said i'm gonna show you how to be merry the way to be merry is you talk about what you do have you thank god for what you do have how many of y'all remember the old testimony service we need to go back to the old testimony service where people got excited for just life health and strength where people got excited for just having activities y'all help they preach of their limbs and the blood running warm in their veins uh, shelter over the head and food 
on the table forget what kind of food it was it could have been peanut butter and jelly thank you for the peanut butter and jelly it didn't have to be steak it didn't have to be filet mignon it didn't have to be caviar but thank you we need to go back to just being thankful going back just to being grateful Mary don't start telling Jesus what she don't have. Too many of us got bad attitudes because we focus on what we don't have. But rather, she is ready to worship. Unannounced Jesus. I want you to catch this. He's an unannounced Jesus, but she's ready to worship. He didn't send out no invitation. He just showed up. And when, she, when he showed up, she said, I'm ready. Whatever I have, I'm going to give it to you. I keep telling you that God ain't asking you for what you don't have. Some of y'all need to stop these old vain prayers. I'm telling you to stop it right now on Palm Sunday in the name of Jesus. Stop looking at the Lord and looking up to heaven. And stop looking me in my face. Saying, Pastor Joe, if I had a million dollars, I'm telling you, I'll pay off the mortgage of truth gathers. Pastor Joe, if I had a million dollars, you won't be working for no state government. You'll be full-time ministry. Stop looking me in the face telling me that because God ain't calling nobody to give what they don't have. Too many people come up with all this great stuff they'll do if they had this, if they had that. The only thing he says, give me what you have. Give me what you have. Give me the two fish and the five loaves. Give me the little bit of praise you got left. Give me your, give me your $25 every week. When I bless you with $22.50, when I give you $250, give me $25 back. Come on, that's tired for some of y'all got lost. That was tired. Just give it. I ain't asking you for what you don't have. Give me what you have. And we got too many believers keep asking God for more and they won't give him what they have. Oh, I'm coming today. And you got bad attitudes about your season. And then you got a nerve to be big and grandiose and want so much more from God. And you won't even give him what you have. Oh, don't mess with that mentality. They'll look at you in the face and say, they'll, they'll give you the church swag. Y'all know the church swag. Oh, my God, on the cattle of a thousand hills. Well, God will say, well, all I'm asking you for is a baby calf. And you keep telling me for the cattle, my God shall supply. Well, when you gonna start doing your part? When you gonna start giving under pressure? When you gonna start praising under pressure? When you gonna start doing your part in spite of? Oh, I feel the anointing pushing me here. Mary, I'm going to teach you how to be Mary. You got to stop complaining about what you have. And give what you have. Serve with what you have. Some of us, what we have is never good enough. So because it ain't good enough, this is what we do. We don't even give it. We hold it. It'd be one thing to give it and say, man, I wish I had more. That'd be one thing, but rather giving it, we hold it. 
We hold it back saying, why, you, why didn't you come? I, I didn't have enough. Why didn't you share because of this and come to that? And I'm telling you, some of you are locked out of your blessings. You're locked out of the next level because you don't know how to give what you have. So I, I got to stay on this attitude. Help me preach, Deacon. Help me. Come on, Angie. Help me preach now. Some people think that everybody's got it good in their life. And they think everybody's smiling because their bills are paid. They think everybody come to church because everything going well. They think everybody prays God because their children are acting up but there are some of us praising God under pressure there's some of us giving tithes under pressure there's some of us trusting God under pressure that though he slay me yet will I trust him there's some of us our back is against the wall but with tears in our eyes we show up to worship oh I'm gonna tell you the cost to be married some people just want to wait till everything turn out well. And as much as I love them, something in my spirit just aggravates me. Just act, I love you, but it aggravates me. Because you're waiting on something big without doing something small. You're waiting on something big and won't do something small. And Jesus tests Mary that he comes back to Bethany and Mary said, oh, I'm ready. Because <laughs> the last time you came to Bethany, I had an attitude. I was bitter. I was bitter about how my life was and how you took forever to come save my brother. And I trusted you. And I want you to understand. Let me slow down here. Mary wasn't mad dealing with Lazarus because of unbelief. She was mad because of belief. There's sometimes you believe. What's nothing wrong with your belief? That's why we got to stop telling about people that the reason Jesus didn't come through is because you didn't have enough faith. We got to stop that foolishness. We got to stop telling everybody, making people feel bad about their faith. Because there's times you're going to have faith and he's still not going to do it when you want to do it. There's times you're going to have faith and he's still not going to do what you ask. Oh, yeah, faith is even not manipulative. I've been teaching y'all what faith does. Faith makes things possible. Oh, I have to teach that in this season because we have become genies and magicians through faith. There are people wake up in the morning after staying out all night long, wake up in the morning and just start confessing everything in the blue moon. They just start confessing everything and they just feel because they confess everything, they're going to have everything they desire. Can I tell you the truth? You ain't going to have nothing but what he ordained. That's all you're going to have. And then once you mature in the spirit, you don't want nothing but what he ordained. Oh, uh, y'all ain't got that. Some of y'all want somebody else's marriage, somebody else's house, somebody else's bill, somebody else's car. But when you mature in the spirit, you stop wanting what everybody else have and you just want your life somebody say give me my life i don't want sister life over there i'm trying to live just to have my life i want nobody else's life oh pastor trying to be like so and so i ain't trying to be like so and so every day i'm working on being the best me that i can ever be See, that's why people ain't thankful because they're too worried trying to be somebody else. They, they're not happy with themselves. They're not happy. And I'm not trying to be nobody else. I'm just trying to be myself. That's all I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be a good, good, a good model of myself. But that's all I'm trying to be is myself. And Mary has to learn how to be Mary. She has to learn how to be thankful that when Jesus shows up to her house, she's ready to give him praise. <laughs> and Mary is ready. She don't need no towel. She's not complaining where her life ain't, where her wife isn't, her life isn't. She takes her hair. She says, I don't need no towel. I'm telling you, there's a place that's happening in the spirit that Christians are the most unprepared people for the Lord. We need Jesus to delay his coming. 
I know, see, back in the days, I feel they don't to slow down. I need some of y'all to raise your hand online. Some of you raise your hand in the sanctuary. How many lived in the day where the saints sung about heaven? And they talk about heaven where I want to go and heaven where I want to be. Why? You know why they sung like that? Because they was ready to go anytime he should come. Not, not, they, they was ready to go anytime he should come. And they rejoiced over that eternal rest. Not they was trying to do anything to take themselves before time, but they recognized if he came tomorrow, we was ready. I think one of the challenges God got to get me back to and help you to be is to be ready. To be ready should he come tomorrow. Are you ready? Or do you still have messed up relationships with everybody? Are you still waking up every morning knowing that you have done somebody harm and offended somebody and it's been too years and you ain't said nothing yet but you've been worshiping every Sunday you ain't called up nobody you ain't said nothing you ain't felt no conviction see the saints that's ready to live with a free heart every morning they wake up they don't want to have no odds against nobody they don't want to have no ill relationship with nobody they're ready should he come in the middle of the night they're ready should he come while they're on the way to work they're ready and God has a church that is not ready Never ready. Always saying, Jesus, don't come now. Don't come now, Jesus. Don't come now. Because you know I ain't talking to my brother. Don't come now. You know I ain't doing right. Don't come now. We serve, we become a people that have been putting off Jesus and he can't come when he wants to come because we're always talking about we're not ready. But Mary is ready. Mary is ready to worship. Mary takes out this ointment of spinker and she began to worship him she began to use her hair to worship him some of us are so so elitist in spirit have no sense of humility have no sense of submission we can't do nothing you barely can clap your hands for five minutes in worship because time you fit a little feel a little sweat coming down your brow you look around at the people with the ac somebody where the deacons at come on deacons y'all do something you don't know nothing about sacrifice you don't do nothing about putting all in to what you got you work on reserve you serve on reserve you praise on reserve you give on reserve everything you do is on reserve you hadn't through you hadn't thrown your full self into nothing yet we ain't seen how you really love we ain't seen how you really serve because you got yourself on a shelf somewhere for another day you just sitting back waiting but I love when I go home on Sunday nights and I'm tired because I don't preached everything out my spirit and I done gave you everything come on your praise and worship ought to be a sacrifice this ain't no convenient praise and worship this is a labor of love come on it's a labor of love this is a labor of love. This sacrifice that she gives, gives to Jesus. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not about my schedule is better than yours. Oh, I'm teaching here. <laughs> you know, I want to teach y'all the cost to be merry. Mm-hmm. Wonder why some folks still sad. Because they, the, they won't pay the cost to be merry. Hope you already got it prophetically. It ain't M-A-R-Y. It ain't. It's not M-A-R-Y. It's M-E-R-R-Y. It's it's the cost to have a good attitude. It's the cost to live in joy. This is the cost. You got to learn to be sacrificial. Some of us too tight. We're too tight. 
Mary said, come on in, Jesus. He said, he said, he said I'm just in town, but because I love y'all, I decided to come by unannounced. See, when you have such a relationship with Jesus that he can come to your house whenever he's ready. And it ain't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't about, Lord, get my, let me get my stuff together. Boy, I got some, boy, we had a party here last night. And boy, put, put, put that bottle underneath the couch. Put that, put that stuff underneath there. Oh, put, that, put that secret life up in there. Oh, oh Jesus, who that at the door? Mary, who that at the door, Mary? Mary, who that at the door? That's Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Give us a second, Jesus. We ain't ready. Oh, they get it. <laughs> we ain't ready. I'm telling you, Martha was like, Martha and Mary, and, and last week, they're ready. We got to have lifestyles that are ready for Jesus. They got a lifestyle. They're so ready for Jesus. They said, come on in. Martha takes her position. Lazarus takes his position. And Lazarus at the table for a reason. Because he got to talk about how his life has changed and transformed. See, he's trying to deal with his Lord and Savior. Oh, since I've been raised. He's a new convert. And new converts need communication with the shepherd. And he's he said, well, Jesus, how you doing? How you been holding out? Oh, I've been fighting. Man, I got so much joy. Oh, my God, since you don't raise me from the dead. Since you don't brought me out of that foolishness I was in. Let me tell you, I don't want to see one of my old friends yesterday. And they thought I was the same dead Lazarus. But I don't do the things I used to do no more. See, Lazarus at the table talking to Jesus. Martha is serving, but Mary is worshiping. What I'm challenged with today is our praise and worship is lacking luster. It's lacking an element of submission. It's lacking an element of sacrifice. It's lacking the ability that says, Jesus, I love you no matter what you say, no matter what comes in my life. Lord, I'll do anything for you. We're lacking that type of Christians who understand that for God I live and for God I'll die. I believe we're faced with that in this season of our life to understand that we got to be people who will pay the cost to be married. Let me tell you this, even in the midst of paying the cost, it says when she, when she breaks over this, this box of spinker, I'm about to pray. I feel I'm done. I'm about to pray. She said, when you break this, this box of spinach, I got a whole bunch of notes, but I'm about to pray. She said, of this box of spinach, the odor goes all over the room. See, some of us can't pay the cost to be married because we's too busy being ashamed of what God done put in us. We're still ashamed of our gifts. We're ashamed of our gifting. We're ashamed of our grace. This, this anointing that's in Mary lets everybody know in the room she carries the oil after this she can't fit in she can't fit in after this she's gonna be different after this people gonna look at her, her different and some of us have built our lives on people not looking at us differently we do everything possible to blend in we do everything possible to down our gift and down our love for Jesus but where is the person that goes to work every day with a smile and people say, why you smile? God is good to me. Where is the person that goes beyond just the, oh, the moon is shining right today. It's, it's just a full moon. It's the, God, it's the man upstairs. Where are the people that say it's God that's doing everything in my life? Why are you so full of joy? Where are the people who will refuse to be ashamed of their God? Mary breaks open this spinker box, this ointment, and say, everybody going to know I'm a worshiper. I'm not hiding anymore. I'm not hiding my gifting. I'm not hiding my grace. I'm going to be graceful with my gift. I'm going to be graceful with my calling. 
I'm going to be graceful with it. I'm not hiding anymore. She breaks over this, this costly anointing. And it's costly. I'm telling you, it pays to be married. It's not always easy to be married. It ain't always easy to be married. There are some people you got to ignore to be married. Oh, if you're going to keep your joy, there are some people you got to ignore. Because right after she opens up this costly anointment, guess who manifests? Glory haters. Guess who has? Guess who manifests? Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot was hidden in the text until the anointing fell. Judas Iscariot was nowhere. He was there the whole time. Judas Iscariot was there the whole time. But he didn't manifest until the glory manifested. When she broke it open, that spinker, that spinker ointment, he said, look at her wasting this costly ointment. We could have sold this to the poor. And the Bible said he only said it because he was a thief. And there are people who will steal your destiny. They'll steal your glory. They'll steal your gift. They'll steal everything that God has put in your life because they hate that you show forth the greatness of God. Judas Iscariot didn't care nothing about this costly anointing. He didn't care nothing about giving to the poor. He was a thief. And some of y'all got to be stronger than the thief. And some of y'all so busy worried about what the thief tries to do that you hide the glory. No, you got to praise him anyway. You got to worship anyway. You got to give him glory anyway. You got to say, God, I'm going to love you anyway. Will you lift your hands? I'm printed. Come on, lift your hands right now. I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to teach you the cost to be married. I'm going to teach you the cost to be married. The cost to keep your joy is to be thankful. Will you begin to thank God for what you are and who you are and where you are right now? Come on, I want you to think right now where you are. Stop waking up every morning being mad about where you are. I want you to start thinking of where you are right now. Come on, right now. Thank you for what you do have. Come on, let's thank them right now what you do have. Come on, come on. Thank you for what you do have. Thank you for what you do have. Thank you for what, what you do have. Come on. Come on, be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. Come on, be thankful. Come on, be thankful. Praise him for what you do have. Loose the complaining out from your lips. Loose the complaining from your soul. Start decreeing the clamor. I'm going to bless somebody. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to bless him. Not worried about nothing. Long as I'm pleasing Jesus. Come on, standing to your feet, even at home and in the sanctuary. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. The cost to be married. That you got to be able to praise him in the midst of a crowd. You'll never hide your thanksgiving. Never hide your thanksgiving. Never hide your joy. Stop worrying about the enemy. If Mary was so worried about Judas, because some of y'all are paranoid about your enemies. You're so paranoid about your enemy, you spend all day hiding your gifts, hiding your grace. Because you're so worried about the enemy. Some of y'all are so enemy focused. The devil this, the devil that. You magnify the enemy and the devil so much, you never recognize that God is greater than your enemy. The devil this, the devil that. You're so afraid of the thief. You're so afraid that you never come out with your glory. 
come on you never come out with the praise you never come out with the worship but God said I want you to understand the cost to be Mary and Mary gave a sacrifice to match Jesus being a sacrifice on the cross this ointment that she put on his hair and wiped his feet the Bible declares she did this for his burial she anointed him here it is she anointed him to die and what I'm saying is some of you gonna never live again till you learn to die till you learn to die to your own self you're never gonna see the resurrection in your life to you learn to die to your own ideology to your own learn to die to your own agenda to you learn to die she anointed him to go through the hardest time of his life this mary came in with this ointment this ointment of spinker and she put it on his hairs and put it on his feet and the bible says she anointed him for his burial she anointed him to die so he can be resurrected and i'm trying to get you to understand you're never going to understand a new life till you can give under pressure till you can smile when things are broken till you understand the cost of being married today god wants to release a tenacity on us that we'll understand who we're called to be will you lift your hands we hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from truth gatherers dream center church Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.